G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Stephen O'Doherty, welcome to 2020. Thank you. Now, I understand you're a former journalist, a former state MP. You have been a commentator on public affairs for decades. It's actually been quite an interesting week so far. What's your take on the election? Well, we're going to be counting for quite some time. The, uh, the Electoral Commission will start again today. Uh, the seats will slowly coalesce. But as you can see already, the major parties are out there talking to the independents to try to get um, uh, to try to get to the point where they can form government in the lower house. The most likely event, of course, is the government will be returned in a majority. Uh, Labor is, though, keeping its options well open to govern in a minority. Uh, they won't do any deals. They won't form a coalition agreement, if you like, um, as as Kevin Rudd and Julia Gillard did. Um, but they would be hoping to govern with the support of some of the independents. So the winner, unfortunately for our country, is instability. Mm. Now, you're, you're now the CEO of Christian Schools Australia. What has Labor and the Liberal government really offered beyond the pitch? You know, education is one area where there was a clear difference between the parties, especially on the funding front. What, what were those differences? The Labor Party was promising a return to the full Gonski rollout. Now, Gonski was a funding system that was brought in by Julia Gillard. Um, It increased fairly substantially the amount of funds going to all schools in Australia on a needs-based formula that was uh, what they call sector-blind. It's not entirely true, by the way, because kids in non-government schools, the formula anticipates that their parents will make a contribution, a significant contribution, to their, uh, to their ongoing education. But the underlying rate, the index that, that produces the amount of dollars per student, um, is the same. So that's the Gonski funding rollout, and, uh, and it was due to be rolled out over six years. The coalition um, decided when it was in government that it would stop that rollout after four years. And by doing that, it left a number of states significantly short of the target, not just short of the target, but different states were, diff- were short at different rates. So in South Australia, for instance, they were well behind the other states and their kids um, were simply disadvantaged quite substantially compared to kids in other states. So that was the coalition's policy. So there are the two policies side by side. Labor says it'll continue the Gonski rollout. The coalition says it won't, but it'll negotiate on a new plan to be brought in from 2018. And who forms government, assuming, by the way, they get the support of the Senate, which is not an assumption we're entitled to make at the moment, who forms government has a very big impact on the amount of dollars and the way in which those dollars are allocated for our school students after uh, 2018. You've mentioned about how it will maybe play out. Is the future certain for school funding? I mean, there are reports that cash-strapped schools are using Gonski funding earmarked for disadvantaged students to pay off their debts. Some schools are even hiring out teachers to raise extra money. Can schools function? 
there should be no reason that schools can't function. I'm sceptical about some of the claims along those lines. Truth is one of the first casualties of war. And during the election campaign, a number of things were said, particularly by some of the um, education unions that uh, support state state schools. Some Some things were said that were just, you know, that didn't bear much scrutiny. But look, every school is moving towards a system whereby the, the, the basis on which kids are funded is the same. The issue, the biggest issue is uh, whether that's allowed, whether the full transition is allowed to play out, which was Labor's policy, which would put everybody by 2018 on the same footing. So that, that's, that's the big issue there. But, um, you know, it's, it's very much up in the air. And one of the things that schools need more than anything else is stability in funding. If you enrol somebody in a school today, Janine, obviously there's a commitment there by the parents, if you enrol them in kindergarten, that they're going to be there for seven or perhaps 13 years. Um, the school's going to need to know that it's, it can provide for the, for the ongoing education of those kids as the years go by. At the moment, no school has any particular certainty about funding uh, beyond uh, about two years. Although, I'd have to say there is... <laughs> to, not to introduce... Um, too much complexity into the argument, but a lot of this then depends on changes to the legislation. And here is the real unknown. The Senate is going to be so complex and so new in terms of its makeup, whether or not the legislation around school funding can be changed is a really open question. Now, what would that mean if it wasn't changed? Well, the funding would roll out as it is now, but there'd be a lot of inequities in it. Let's talk about some of the other education issues, especially in the area of values. Tell us about the Safe Schools program and and do you expect that program to stall with competing interests set to skyrocket in the Senate, as you say? The Safe Schools program is interesting. The the Coalition reviewed the Safe Schools Coalition materials. Those are the um, materials that Christians are most concerned about um, because they introduce concepts about sexuality and gender to children at a very inappropriate age and in a very inappropriate way and in a way that completely bypasses um, the the wishes of their parents. So the Coalition reviewed the material. Uh, it has um, told the program that certain aspects of it need to be taken out and it's going to only fund it if, uh, if those aspects are taken out. The Labor Party is not so clear-cut on the Safe Schools program and, in fact, in Victoria... They're very strongly in support of it, so much so that Daniel Andrews um, says that he'll fund it in its original form, whatever the federal government does. By the way, I'm quite convinced that that issue, together with the CFA issue, is one of the reasons why the the Labor Party did not do well, as well in um, Victoria as it did in other states. Um, So, once again, it depends on the final makeup of the Senate. Now, you've got a number of new Conservative MPs in the Senate, the Pauline Hanson Group and others, who you would think would be very strongly opposed to the Safe School Program continuing. Um, So once again, it's uncertain, but uh, if you had to make a guess, you'd probably say the future of the Safe Schools Program is is in doubt, which in in our view is a very good thing.
Yes, it is definitely a good thing, Stephen, and our listeners would be pleased to hear you say that. We've been speaking to Stephen O'Doherty. He's the CEO of Christian Schools Australia, and we've been talking about all things post-election in the area of education. We'll be back in just a moment. Filled with teaching, truths, and the issues that matter, Bernie Diamonds, a different perspective, part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. We're back with Stephen O'Doherty from Christian Schools Australia. Now, Stephen, before the break, we were talking about the Safe Schools program and that that is in doubt, which is a good thing. Tell us about, I guess, the CSA, I understand, polled the major parties in the run-up to the election. And I know you asked about the whole religious freedom issue. Did any differences emerge there? Well, the Labor Party is planning um, to review the various exemptions that are available under the law for Christian schools and, for that matter, Christian churches and so on, to employ people on the basis of their faith. It makes perfectly good sense, and the law currently recognises that if you're an organisation that teaches faith, um, that you're you're able to employ people of that faith to be the teachers of the faith. So that's, you know, that, that seems to many people to be a perfectly understandable arrangement. The Labor Party, though, has a slightly different view, and uh, in Victoria especially, and once again, here's the Daniel Andrews factor, he's he's been uh, planning to change those exemptions that Christian schools have since he was elected, and that again has caused consternation in that state. And federally, the Labor Party's platform says that it's going to review the exemptions. Now, I want to be very clear, during the election I spoke with Mark Butler, the Shadow Attorney General, he said to me our review of the exemptions would only apply to government services, not to the ability of schools to employ people in... um, Sorry, not government services, access to services generally. Not the ability of schools to employ people of that faith. What their review might affect is the ability of schools uh, to enrol people or to to make choices about enrolments on the basis of of, uh, the students... um, same-sex status or characteristics. And by the way, not every school wants to make a distinction about school uh, students on those on those bases. Most schools that I represent um, would say they want to care for every student irrespective of their sexuality or gender and so on. So there's contention and debate around that question. But the Labor Party's promised review leaves it very unclear about whether Christian schools would continue to be able to employ people of the faith. Labor would disagree with that, but it's when you review something, anything may happen. The coalition, on the other hand, was very strong when we, when we talked to them about it. They said, we have no plans, we will not amend those laws, uh, the exemptions will remain. Now, once again, you throw in the factor of um, a number of independents in the lower house now that are new, the Xenophon team, uh, you've got one green, not two, so... We, we know how they would go. They're opposed, they're generally speaking, opposed to religious schools receiving um, funding or being able to employ teachers of the faith with government funding. So they're very opposed to Christian schooling and, uh, and would, um, would really denude it to the point where it couldn't operate. Well, we don't know how the Xenophon team would go. We, we think they'd, they'd be with us, but we just don't know. Uh, and the Senate, once again, so this is a question in Australia that really needs to be placed front and centre. It's not just about religious schools, is it? It's about the whole issue around um, around faith-based questions in our country generally. Mm. 
let's say we have either a plebiscite or indeed um, legislation on the same-sex marriage question. Will schools be able to teach, will churches be able to teach the traditional Christian view of marriage in light of a potential future where um, same-sex marriage has been legislated? Mm. That's a very important question. Um, Religious freedom should be right up there as one of the fundamental freedoms of any open society. So important that the United Nations um, has guaranteed it. It's one of its you know, immutable human rights. But in Australia, the picture is not so clear. How should we respond as Christians in, in the light of that? I guess the darker the days seem, the, the greater the light. Uh, a lot of people have been saying in recent days, and you know, people on Facebook have been saying to me, oh, the system's broken. I don't think the system is broken. Our system is a mechanism for choosing who's going to form government in the lower house. And, you know, as it plays out and as people try to put majorities together, and that's how the system's supposed to work. At the end of the day, someone will either form government or they won't. If they don't, then we'll go to a new election and we'll try again. So it's not the system itself. It's just playing itself out to get to a, to a result. If you like, it's mathematical. It's neutral. Where you enter people into the equation, though, um, well, everything changes. And it's the way our representatives see their role and it's um, whether or not they see their role selfishly uh, or sectionally serving a particular interest or whether they see their role as servants of um, the living God, which Christian politicians hopefully will always um, hold as their standard. That's the issue. But for us as citizens, we live in a broken world. And uh, with everything falling down around us, with people, um, with people getting angry with each other, and and you know, there's a fair chance that there'll be an increase in kind of uh, racist talk, or at least racist um, accusations and calls of bigotry, and all of that will increase. Now, what's our role in the middle of that? Well, really, it is to live as Christ would live, and to come into that and bring a sense of the kingdom of God into the chaos around us. We still have to, in fact, even more so than ever before, love our neighbours. We still need to go and feed the poor. We still need to go and clothe um, those people who need to be clothed. We look after the widows and the orphans. We still need to serve in our societies. And we shouldn't let the political chaos or uncertainty around us prevent us from doing those things. That's our Christian response. Stephen O'Doherty from Christian Schools Australia. We really want to thank you for your comments today and thanks for joining us on 2020. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.